When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 218 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, I'm answering a listener's question all about sustainable and non-toxic cleaning products. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that there's an awful lot of greenwashing happening in the cleaning products realm, but because we are conscious consumers, we strive at every turn to not be greenwashed, not be tricked into buying the potentially harmful items on the market. We are today educating ourselves about what to look for when we're buying cleansers, how to replace the harmful stuff with non-harmful stuff, and how we can educate ourselves to be conscious consumers who don't just look at the front of a package, but instead turn products over, read the ingredient labels, and make informed decisions. Now, who better to talk to about non-toxic cleaning then my good friend, Megan Mickelson. Megan has been on the show twice before. She was on episodes 194 and 203. And I should say that her signature course, The Home Method, is opening its doors very soon. The Home Method is your roadmap to fully detox your home in six weeks without the overwhelm, without the procrastination, and without busting your budget. Megan, I'm so happy to talk to you for a third time. Third time's a charm. How are you? I am so good, and it's so great to be here again, and I love being talked about as the non-toxic guru because that is where my passion lies. Well, it's so funny. I had put out an Instagram story saying, what do you want me to talk about? And one person, Lauren, shout out to Lauren, said she wanted to hear about sustainable cleaning products with the quote, non-toxic lady. So (laughs) that is you, and that is a reason why we're doing this show. Tell my listeners who you are and what you do for anybody who missed your first two appearances on the show. Yeah. So I'm Megan Mickelson again, and I have my own podcast as well called Toxin Free Talk. I have a background in health. Um, I've been passionate about my personal health since I was in high school, and it led me to get my master's in public health. And I worked in the prevention space for many years in the public health arena. And it wasn't until my daughters were born that I realized how little I really was taught and knew about environmental toxins. And so um, with my public health background. I just dug in deeper and researched and learned more. And first I just started detoxing my home of the cleaning products and then moved on to everything else that I bring in my home. So now I think about 
you know, does is is this thing that I'm buying at the store is this have potential toxins in it? And I know that it's really difficult for the lay person, someone who's not as interested in products and ingredients to really figure this out on their own. And so that is why I'm here. Way back when, I don't even know what episode it was. It must have been in the first 10 or 20 episodes of this podcast. And I cringed even bringing it up because my first episodes were so bad. I covered how to make your own cleaning products at home. And this episode is not that. We're not talking about how to make your own cleaning products. We're instead talking about how to find, identify the toxic stuff that you have and what to perhaps replace it with. This is not the DIY episode. I've already done that. So why don't we start there? Megan, tell us what, in your opinion are some of the problems associated with the conventional cleaning products that line the shelves of the supermarket? Yeah, so there are a lot of issues, but one of the, the major issues goes back to regulations. So the EPA is the governing body in the US that regulates cleaning products. And there are thousands of chemicals, new chemicals that come onto the market every single year. These chemicals often wind up in our cleaning products because the companies want to market the brand new stuff that works better in quotes, but yet the health repercussions really are not determined until there is something that happens. Simply the EPA cannot determine, you know, the safety of every single product. They're not funded to do so. And so um, unfortunately, when you go shopping at a store, you can't trust that any of those products have been studied or have been proven to be safe. We're just living in a time now where companies are constantly coming out with new things because they want us to buy new stuff. And if you watch you know, the TV anywhere, anywhere you get advertised to, you can see that. You can see that um, there's a new scent that comes out for your laundry detergent, or there's this brand new pod. How safe is that to be in our home um, and around our children when it's just really not regulated, like I said? I think a lot of listeners, perhaps not listeners of this podcast or your podcast, because they've heard this before, but consumers in general assume that if it's on the shelf, it has been proven safe. But what I hear you saying is that that's not true. Products, especially cleaning products, are assumed to be safe until they're proven dangerous. Is that what you're saying? Yep, that is exactly what I'm saying. And the same with those chemicals that are created every year. You know, they really are not, and those are just the straight up chemicals, but then they do end up being in some products and they, we really don't know what the long, especially the long-term health repercussions, but even the short-term health repercussions. Another issue with cleaning products is that you might not even see the entire ingredient label. So most companies do disclose what's in their cleaning product. But according to the regulations, they actually don't have to list every single ingredient in their product unless one of those ingredients has been determined that it needs to be on the chemicals of known concern list. You can look that up, but it's, you know, it gets really, really dicey here. But 
if you're really interested, you can go figure out what that what's on that known chemicals of known concern list. But anyway, the regulations are so loose that really they can put a brand new chemical in the product. It has not been determined if it's safe or not. And they wouldn't even have to disclose on the label what is in the product. It's pretty crazy. You know, another concern that I hear all the time, or not even a concern, it's more of a rebuttal, <laughs> is that my mom, my grandma used these cleaning products uh, all throughout my childhood and I'm fine. Why is it not logical, let's say, to assume that just because our elders used such and such product, it naturally must mean it's safe? Well, for there's a couple different reasons. But number one is, say your mom used a specific cleaning product 25 years ago. We don't necessarily know that it's actually created with the same ingredients. A lot of times companies are trying to increase their profit margins. And so they might be using cheaper products or different kinds of packaging. And so we can't assume that whatever brand my mom used, that it's necessarily the exact same product that we're using today. The other thing is that we are impacted by our environmental toxins way more now than we used to be. And so every one of those toxins that's in our environment or that we use on our bodies, all of those things add up on our bodies. And that's called body burden. 25 years ago, 30 years ago, even more than that, there weren't as many toxins in things like our furniture or our carpets or those sorts of things. And so we are more impacted by our environment today than we ever have been. Just because your mom or your family has seemed healthy, we don't know what is actually causing some even minimal health issues. For example, having asthma or maybe having eczema, or maybe um, having increased allergies. All of those things can actually be helped by changing out the cleaning products or other products that you're using. And so you might think, oh, we're all fine, but are we really fine? I mean, I don't know anyone that is 100% healthy without having some sort of issue, right? And so sometimes we just don't think about how much those those things in our environment can impact even our small little health issues. Hmm. I'm wondering how greenwashing comes into play here too. I know that greenwashing is rampant, especially in the cleaning product realm. You did a really phenomenal Instagram reel on Instagram about Miss Myers. I mean, if Miss Myers doesn't exude natural and quote unquote clean, I don't know what does. But talk to me. What's what's wrong with Miss Myers? So I always like to say too that like I was greenwashed by Mrs. Myers too. Mrs. Myers was the one cleaning product in my home that um, I had these really dark black granite tile and every other spray I tried to use on it would leave streaks and it drove me crazy. And then I finally found Mrs. Myers 
Of course, I bought it from the natural section of the grocery store. So I assumed that it would be totally safe, right? And this is before I was really as far along as I am now on my toxin-free journey. And I was believing the marketing on the front of the package versus reading the ingredients. I remember spraying that again around my little kids thinking, oh, this is a healthy cleaning product. And even I would get it was so scented. I would get this like feeling in my chest of like, ugh, this doesn't feel good. But to me, then I just thought, oh, that means this is cleaning really well. Yeah. And it's Mrs. Myers. She wouldn't steer me wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's Mrs. Myers. So a lot of people think like Mrs. Myers is made by some sweet grandma in the Midwest. And it's actually not. It is owned by Essie Johnson. And it was created as a way to market to a different niche of people who were more in tune with going natural. They have done some things to like become a little bit more transparent over the years, but they still use a lot of ingredients that I personally would not use in a product or bring into my home. And what they have done that drives me the most crazy is that they sandwich in the term fragrance between a lot of other essential oils. And so when I say sandwich in, I'm a detailed ingredient read label reader. But if you were just scanning it quickly and you didn't know any better, you would see essential geranium oil and essential lemon oil and essential, all these essential oils in it, which are great. But then in between a couple of different essential oils will be the term fragrance. And the reason why fragrance is bad is because it's a proprietary term and the company does not need to disclose what actually is within that term fragrance. Studies have been done that show that up to 3,000 different ingredients can be held within the term fragrance. So if you see fragrance on the label, just like if it's sandwiched in between the essential oils on a Mrs. Myers bottle, you really don't know what's in the product. They're not being fully transparent. And so fragrance is one of the things that I always encourage people to look for first off when they are detoxing their home and they're starting to read ingredient labels. Mm. Well, you did mention that you always turn a product over and look at the ingredient label. And I do want to get there. I do want to ask you what should myself and what should my listeners be looking for? But before I ask you that, I need to say that I feel as though a lot of my listeners probably are feeling overwhelmed with the thought of standing in the grocery store, turning over these products, reading all these chemicals. That can be overwhelming. And so therein lies the apps, right? There are so many of them. You just type in the product. It tells you if it's clean, if it's dirty. Do the apps work, in your opinion? You know, there are some apps that do work that are better than others, I should say. So Think Dirty is one of them. And then um, the Environmental Working Group has another one called Healthy Living. I personally um, would more suggest Healthy Living over Think Dirty. And the reason why is because these apps actually have to have some funding behind them, right? So um, you can actually pay on Think Dirty to have your product seen more and the rating to be a little bit better. And so I don't think that they are as transparent and as good as they should be. Um, Same thing with the environmental working group. A lot of times they have these verified labels and the companies have to pay to get verified. And I'm not saying that that's 
necessarily a bad thing because environmental working group does more research on the verified ones and they need that funding to actually do the research. But there are companies that can't afford to become EWG verified and they still have great ingredients and great products out there. So I always try to think about the balance of what is this app doing and thinking about the funding behind it before I just trust anything. The other issue with apps is that, you know, it was whatever their analysis is, is on the product that they were given at that time. And you don't know that what you're buying in the store is actually the same version of what is in the app. And that happens a lot because these small companies who might be doing the right thing when they start out end up getting bought out by larger corporations. And as we talked earlier about profit margins, sometimes those ingredient ingredient labels change and the ingredients change so that they can make more money off of the product and they'll choose a cheaper preservative or whatever it is because they just want to increase their profit margins. Mm, Your whole answer there really speaks to the importance of self-sufficiency, right? An app is convenient. A website is convenient, but there's really no substitute for doing the hard work, teaching yourself, and learning how to read an ingredient label yourself. We're going to get into how exactly to read that ingredient label after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Thank you so much to One Day University for sponsoring this episode. Every college has that one professor whose class is so popular, students line up around the block to get a seat. Am I right? One Day University brings over 200 of these top-rated professors together to present their incredible talks that you can access from the comfort of your own home. With new live streams added daily and hundreds of talks on demand, and I do mean hundreds, you can learn from One Day U's dream team of professors. There are no grades, no tests, and no homework. It's all about the joy of lifelong learning. I just watched a super insightful talk on the science of climate change, and then I went ahead and bought my father an annual subscription for Christmas this year. I hope he's not listening. Head to onedayu.com and use promo code SUSTAINABLE for half-off annual membership plans. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com with promo code SUSTAINABLE. And we are back with Megan Mickelson, host of the podcast Toxin Free Talk and creator of The Home Method, an online course that's your roadmap as you fully detox your home in six weeks without feeling overwhelmed, procrastinating, or busting your budget. We have come to this point in the conversation where I ask the most obvious question of the day, which is, of course, how do you read an ingredient label? I know, Megan, you suggest never look at the front When you make a decision, always turn the product over. Don't judge a book by its cover, perhaps would be another way of saying that. But let's say we're turning it over. What on earth do we look for? What are the red flags? What should be concerning to us? Yeah. So first of all, you know, I remember when I first started down this road, I was like, oh, that word is super long and I can't pronounce it. That must be bad. And that's not necessarily true. What I would say is, That's what I teach in my course, The Home Method. But if you want to start paying attention, a few things to look out for. Again, we talked about fragrance. 
if fragrance is in there or even natural fragrance, it means that the full ingredient list isn't disclosed. And so you really don't know what chemicals are in there. You also want to look for triclosan or phthalates. Um, and those are just a few, but if you really want to become as knowledgeable as I am when I go to the grocery store or to Target or wherever and I read my labels, then really the home method is the perfect way for you to do that. I have to ask for anybody listening who has a lot of cleaning products, has under the sinks full throughout their homes of potentially hazardous cleaning products, what should they do with them? How should they yeah. decipher what they should keep versus what they should pass along? Yeah. So, and I understand that um, you don't necessarily want to dump everything all at once. First of all, it can be really expensive to completely clean out your home all in one fell swoop, but also it's not necessarily great for the environment to just dump everything into your water system. And so what I actually encourage is for people to do the analysis first of each individual product and do something, I call it the Sharpie strategy, where you can you know, decide whether or not you want to keep it or not while you're doing the research, then you use it up. And then when that product is gone, then you find a better replacement. And so you're doing it little by little over time. Again, we're marketed to constantly. And again, these companies are trying to create new products for us that we might not necessarily need. So You'll often look under a sink, you know, a bathroom sink, and there's a toilet cleaner, there's a shower cleaner, there's a tile cleaner, there's a glass cleaner. Do we really need to have different cleaners for every single cleaning purpose? I found that we really don't. The countertop cleaner works really great as a glass cleaner as well. That product also works well as a toilet cleaner and a shower cleaner. I think that we don't need to necessarily have separate things for everything. I love that minimalist approach where it's just one product that does it all. And so when you clean out your products, when you detox, you know, you might not necessarily need to fill it all back up with specific cleaners for one purpose. Hmm. And the minimalists listening, I'm sure love that cleaning out the excess, having more free and open space, like who doesn't want that. But you mentioned your Sharpie strategy there, you really just touched on it. I'm wondering if you could give us a little bit more details behind it. Yeah, so when you're reading an ingredient label, read through, make sure everything in that label is safe and then or not. And really, you basically mark it and say, do I need to replace this? Or what do I want to keep it? And so then when you ran out, you know, oh, I am going to replace this. So now I need to go and find a product that is safe that is going to replace this one that I'm throwing out or, oh, I know that this is a safe product. Okay, I can buy it again, and put it back under my sink. So where does the Sharpie come in? Oh, I mark it on the I mark, I take the Sharpie and mark it right there on the product. So then you know, and you're not having to, did I look at this? Did I look this up already? Did, is this safe or not? It's all right there. And you know, you're using it. Oh, oh, this is running out. Oh, I need to replace it. You don't have to go look in some piece of paper that you put in your junk drawer and you forgot about it. It's right there on the product. Got it. So I'm sitting on the my kitchen floor, my 
cabinet under my sink is open. I'm taking out the products. I'm reading the ingredient lists. And I see one that, oh no, it has triclosan. So I'm going to write replace on it. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty simple. Got it. (laughs) What are some cleaning products that you use and love in your own home? Yeah. So um, I actually have my own store and I know that some people don't necessarily want to learn everything that I have. I know. And so they just rather just buy from me because it's, you know, has my stamp of approval on it. And so in my store, I have um, the brand Meliora is one of my favorites. It's made in the US. They use really eco-friendly packaging and I really trust their manufacturing and the ingredients that they're using. I actually got the chance to chat with Kate, the owner, and I have a podcast episode on that. If you're curious, it's really fun. A pumice stone is a really great tool to use to scratch away dirt and remove dirt versus having to use a cleaner. So like I have that in my store, but um, Meliora is really my favorite brand. I'm thinking about my most skeptical listeners right now. I don't know who they are, but they would want me to ask you, well, wait a minute, does the non-toxic stuff actually clean? They don't want to spend extra money on the non-toxic, earth-friendly products if they don't actually kill the germs, the bacteria, the viruses that they want to perhaps kill. So does the non-toxic, earth-friendly stuff actually work, in your opinion? Yes, they do. So I also like to teach about when you really truly need to quote unquote clean versus when you need to just remove dirt. If you've had like a flu outbreak in your home, you do want something that's going to be antibacterial, antiviral, that's going to really clear, clean out the germs. But for most cases, you don't necessarily want to use a product that is that harsh. Like if you're just cleaning up some crumbs after after breakfast or something, you really don't necessarily want to be using something that's super harsh because we need bacteria in our systems and in our homes to they're just, it's good for us. So um, there's that, but also um, there are some safe products that do really break down and kill viruses. And even OSHA comes out the occupational safety health advisory. They actually have a list of cleaning products that are deemed safe to use in commercial settings And even some of those are truly safe, like hydrogen peroxide. A lot of people don't think about hydrogen peroxide as being a home-based cleaner. You'll see it at the dentist or something like that. But it actually is a great thing to keep on hand if you really want to clean. And it is safe. And it's super affordable, too. I just bought some the other day. I think it was like $2 for a jug. I mean, perfect. Yes. Yeah. So, Megan, tell us a little bit more about the home method. We just talked about cleaning products today, but cleaning products is just one small, small snippet of everything you cover. So tell me a little bit more. Yeah. So I basically, it just walks you through everything. So first in the first module, and if you've never taken an online course, um, just so you know what it's like, you have your own login and you can go through the course on your own time frame. It's basically like watching these videos that teach you everything you need to know to detox your home from top to bottom. And then I teach you about how to really do that label analysis. 
how to do it, what the red flag and toxic ingredients are, and how to use that sharp, simple Sharpie strategy to really start detoxing your home room by room. I walk you through every space in your home that would have cleaning products and personal care products. Um, And personal care products, what I mean by that is your deodorants, your lotions, your face soaps, all those sorts of things, all those products that you use daily usually. And so we just walk through every area in your home and detox all of it. And so then at the end, I help you figure out how to find those safe swaps. So you figure out what needs to be replaced and then how to choose safer safer and healthier replacements for those products. What I loved about your course was, I know we mentioned before, it can be very overwhelming for anybody who's just dipping their toe into this arena. What I love about your course is that it's really kind of a virtual handholding for those of us who really don't know where to start and just feel frozen by the fear of the unknown. So where can my listeners learn more, uh, ask you questions, sign up if they're interested? Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's really why I created the course because if it were me, what I would do would be like, oh, I'd start with a few cleaning products and then I would just be like, oh, this is too much work. I don't want to do it. And so by having the being enrolled in the course, you actually are going to get emails that are going to remind you to go back and do it. And you're going to have really a checklist that's going to keep you on task versus kind of starting and quitting. Um, So one thing that I would encourage you if you're listening today is to join my free masterclass. I'm doing them, doing three different time slots. You can pick one that works best for your time. Um, And it's called the Three Home Detox Secrets for Beginners. And the great thing about this masterclass is you're going to learn those three home detox secrets, but then at the end of the masterclass, I'm going to be doing live Q&A. So you can just pop on and ask me your questions, type in your questions, and I'll get to them. Well, Megan, I want to thank you so much for coming on a third time. We've covered so many things and <laughs> so many important topics in your three appearances on this show. I look forward to continuing to follow your work. So thank you so much. Thank you again. And we think very similarly, and I just love connecting and sharing together our different areas. Listeners, I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Megan Mickelson, host of the Toxin Free Talk podcast and creator of the Home Method online course. I have linked to her free masterclass in this week's show notes if you're interested in learning more but not yet ready to take the plunge into going full in with the Home Method course. I should say that I wanted to end this episode with some tips for the intermediates who are listening. I feel as though There are lots of you who consider yourselves intermediates in this realm as conscious consumers of cleaning products. You know that fragrance is bad. We've covered that on this podcast before. You know that phthalates and triclosan and parabens aren't so great. But what are some next steps that you should be looking for as you are turning those products over in the supermarket? So I have a couple for you. I have a couple that are your next step as you go from beginner to intermediate. Now, of course, if you want to become advanced, definitely check out Megan's work. But if you're in that intermediate realm, I have a couple suggestions for you. 
you should be looking for the glycol ethers. The most common is 2-butoxyethanol. This is often found in grease cutters, window cleaners like Windex, and they've been known to cause liver cancer in lab animals, and they're so powerful they can go through rubber gloves. So look out for those glycol ethers. Look out for dye. If you see dye on an ingredient label, your spidey sense should go off. Dye is in anything, everything. It makes the color of the product look pretty. Again, Windex, what a nice bright blue color, right? Well, dye is another term that's used to hide chemical information, similar to fragrance. You can stick a lot of chemicals under the term dye on an ingredient label and get away with it. And finally, one more for all of you intermediates is to avoid the ethanolamines. An ethanolamine, whew, that is a tongue twister, would be listed as DEA or MEA or TEA. They're often found in degreasing formulas like Fantastic. They're often in laundry detergents as well. These can trigger asthma attacks, even in people who don't have asthma. So avoid those ethanolamines. I so hope that helps those of you intermediates who are looking to up your conscious consumer game with regard to your cleaning products. So listeners, I want to thank you for listening. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. We are talking all about the push and pull between convenience foods and health. How can we step away from the convenience foods on the market so that we can protect our family's health, but also our planet's health as well? I will see you on Tuesday. Have an amazing weekend. Reach out to me if you need me and take care.